0: And now you're tuned into RBLR, the home of Tampa Bay's Reveler Sports. Welcome into RBLR Bucks, or shall I say welcome aboard the RBLR Buccaneers coaster where the thrill of Tampa Bay football never stops and the off season is just another ride on our year-long journey of Bucks fandom. I'm Musab, one of your co-hosts tonight and let me tell you even though we are weeks away from another snap here at RBLR, we don't believe in an offseason. That's right. The Buccaneers <laughs> spirit sails on, bringing you the latest news, insights, and all the Buccaneers banter you can handle. And listeners, I'll tell you this. Tonight's episode is extra special because we've got a surprise guest joining us. If this is your first or 100th time, don't forget to show some love. If you like what you hear, hit that like and subscribe button. Also, a little quick announcement, I'm not the only one on this ship, all right? Joining me on this deck is a dynamic duo of Tampa Bay, uh, you know, they are the 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 Jordan Pippen, uh, the, the Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, the LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, the Stockton Malone, Brady Gronk, I could go on and on, but let me just give the mic to them first to my right the myth the Buccaneers aficionado himself he is Zach Blaine Zach happy to have you back with us and also quick question any big plans for your Sundays now that football is on a break you know man finally just some rest
1: (laughs) maybe get the kids to settle down a little bit that's that's really about it brother how
0: about you um I don't know man I probably should be a little bit more productive around the house, probably do some <laughs> yard work or something like that. Uh um, The wife would like that.
1: The wife would like that if yeah,
0: cause, cause I Yeah, just cuz just cuz I I tell everyone and every everything that hey, like it's Sunday, leave me alone. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm watching football, I'm checking my, you know, my fantasy and I'm very emotional on some weekends depending on how our beloved Buccaneers <laughs> perform, of course. Uh so yeah, that's that's how my Sundays are going.
1: <laughs> hey, I respect it. Now we don't have any more excuses, though. So now we gotta we gotta step it up.
0: Yeah, man. somebody to maybe start hitting the gym more. Maybe I'll get swole. <laughs> yeah, maybe we will get a shot at the Buccaneers. But, anyways, to my left. All right. The last piece of this iconic trio that we have going on right now. All right, he is Carter Brantley. Carter, I know I already asked you last week, you know, any big plans for your Sundays, but I don't know, you I know, mean, maybe change it up a little bit for you. Have you watched any game recently, maybe in the last week, that you were like, Hey, man, uh, I, I watched this game, it was really fun, or maybe you didn't? I don't know.
2: Um, I mean, I watch a little bit of basketball if that's what you're referring to. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, you know, hockey, basketball, yeah, yeah it's, you know, it's like, this it's, right? yeah, it's tough. It's like this lull in sports, you know, football's not going on, baseball's not going on. Um, so yeah, I've been watching some Pelicans games, but also I, I watched oh, the the senior oh, word. Oh, okay, uh, all right. I watched the I watched the Ser- Serie Caribe. I think that's how you pronounce it, the Caribbean Series. Um, it was a baseball thing. The Venezuelan team won. Oh, and it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, just mostly sitting around thinking about thinking about the Bucks. You know, hoping they're coming back soon. The Bucks. So, well, looking outside your <laughs> window. Putting on some Barbra Streisand. No, if anything, it's more like I'll put on that weird Eminem song, Stan, and just like stare out the window while it's running. Yeah, but hey, I'll
0: tell you, it was a great week for it, man. It was hella rainy. It was for a sure. great, you know, great time just to look out the window as the sun, or not the sun, as the rain hits your window. and. No. Reminisce the back, you reminisce, you know, you got the, the lavender oil candle uh candles. Anyways, <laughs> Mike's back to you, Carter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no more lavender oil candles, hey, no more in My goodness, that's an elite call. Right. <laughs> but um, anyways, before we get to further down any weird rabbit holes. Um, Zach, I know you, you had some mock draft stuff this week, right? What, uh, what you got to tell the audience for our mock yes, draft?
1: Yes, sir. Yeah. So we are on now version two. Uh, I think we're, we've we come to a, uh, an agreement that we're going to do one every Monday. And I think I'm just going to throw them out there every Monday, but this week, you know, the, the big changes I, I switched up, I had lot to go on to us at 26. I just don't see how, um, I'm having a hard time figuring out how realistic that is. I know he's got a lot of injury concerns. He'd be a great grab at 26, but I just the more that I looked into it, I I was struggling to see him falling that far to us. Um, so I do have us taking a corner first round. I know a lot of people aren't necessarily on board with that, but Ennis Rakestraw out of uh, Missouri, six foot, you know, not not a big corner, but not afraid to lay the wood on somebody and just a stud of a cover guy. One of, if not the best cover guy in the draft. Um, And then I, instead of taking a corner second round that I had us last time, now we've got us taking an edge out of, out of Utah and Jonah Ellis. So those are the only big changes, but I think it's going to be, it's, there's going to be a lot of changes coming in the next, uh, next few iterations I'd imagine.
2: For sure. And I might, I might throw my own mock draft. Musab yeah. might have. Yeah, both. man, I might want as well. Yeah. Yeah. Musab you know, would
1: make
2: it a, yeah. Uh, Musab would make it a triple M, a Musab mock Monday. Oh, cool. I
1: like that. I They're like, like alliteration, yeah. right,
2: alliteration yeah. so that. That really, oh, that God. really gets me going, you know, the, 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 the triple M. But anyways, um, we have a very special guest, as Musab mentioned in the intro, we have a really cool guest coming on um, towards the middle of our episode, right on the other side of this ad break that we're about to do so stay tuned for that but before we give you that guest we would love to give you a little promo code and a sneak peek at our shop store um and we've definitely got some fire gear because it's the off season and everyone's moping i know myself i'm moping around just wishing it was football season again but luckily baseball season's right around the corner hockey we're right in the middle of things um so if you want some rays lightning or rowdy's gear is in addition to the bucks um definitely check out shop.rblrsports.com and here's that promo code since like i said it's the off season it's a tough time of year so maybe pick yourself up with a little treat the promo code is cannon c-a-n-n-o-n-s type that bad boy in for a 10 percent off your entire order um so yeah definitely check it out and as promised we're here with josh quapo how are you doing today josh doing good appreciate you guys having me on absolutely absolutely we're going to get into some off-season stuff because that's josh's thing i mean if you're if you're a bucks fan and you're on twitter and you're not following josh then you're doing yourself a disservice especially with all these free agency the cap situation voidable years i mean there's so much Jibber jabber and nonsense that it's hard to hard to keep it all straight. So Josh is your man to follow. Definitely check him out. Um, and we'll get in we'll get right into it. Um, so one of the first questions that I had in mind when I wanted to bring you on was, um, what are your thoughts on the Bucks' ability to keep their pending free agents because there are kind of a lot of them.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I think it really comes down to like there's the big four, right? Everybody's wondering about. You've got Levante David, you've got Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans, and Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, so, you know, just kind of starting with David, since he's been with the team for the, uh, the longest amount of time, the bucks will have room for him as long as he wants to keep playing. And I don't see Levante going anywhere other than Tampa Bay. He's kind of that lifer guy last year. He probably forewent a lot of money that he could have gotten elsewhere to sign a, a very, very team friendly deal with the bucks is a one year, $4 million, but the bucks were able to help him out on the back end with that. Cause they gave him a lot of very achievable um, bonus incentives that the way they structured it they were they're known as not likely to be earned which means they don't hit 2023's salary cap when he earned them they actually hit this year's salary cap and they'll probably do something very similar this year uh, since they have more room this year than than last year they may just guarantee a good bit of that money so um you know I project that if Levante wants to come back the bucks probably do like a one year seven to seven and a half Million dollar deal with him, which is still based on his play last year, team friendly. Yeah. Um, Baker and Mike kind of, uh, sounds like they're almost a package deal these days when you you catch the hot mics of Baker, you know, during radio row over at the Super Bowl. Um, both of them are, are, you know, they're going to be able to cash in a good amount. Um, Baker did a good job of resetting his value this past year with the Bucks. Um, I could see a contract for him somewhere between 27 and a half and 32 and a half million dollars per year. Um, I'm going to be updating our contract projections with A to Z sports. Uh, myself and uh, a partner did that uh, for them, you know, kind of looking at the entire NFL. We currently have Baker at 27 and a half per year. We'll probably be updating that to more like 30 million. Um, and I see that probably over about three years. And the Bucks have the room to do that if they so want. Uh, and then Evans is the interesting one. I think I'm probably the highest person in the space on what his contract could be. I genuinely believe that it'll probably come in around three years, $75 million. I think most other cap analysts out there have him more in the 21 to 23 range. Um, but it, they're barreling towards Mike's going to get a chance to look at what other teams are going to be able to offer him and then give the Bucks an opportunity to match. And I think that'll probably come in around... $25 million per year. Uh, and then lastly, Antoine Winfield Jr. They're going to tag him. I'm, I'm 90% sure on that. You get it. So the tags for each of the three big ones, right? So if they were to tag Baker, you're looking at like $40 million. If you tag Evans, the wide receiver tags like $20 million, but because his cap hit last year was $23 million, there's a second part of the uh, how franchise tags work and that they wouldn't guarantee him less money than he, he was charged last year. So wow. what it actually ends up being is 20% more than his previous year's salary cap. So that pushes him into $28 million. So your three options there are $40 million for Baker, $28 million for Mike, or $16 million for Antoine. And that's. You can't really move that money around. It's that's the number, right? It's it's not like you can prorate it and and lessen the cap cap hit this year. So financially, it makes sense to go with the lowest number, and then they're still getting savings because at this point uh, with the season, Antoine Winfield had last year, he's probably going to reset the safety market when he gets his long term deal, and that means you're looking at over twenty million dollars a year because right now the market is set with Derwin James of the. Chargers at $19 million a year. That was a few years ago. Cap keeps going up, and these guys look at those contracts as a percentage of the cap. So when the cap goes up, just even to match Derwin's percent of cap, it's going to be over $20 million. Um, so for those reasons, they'll get a little bit of savings on Antoine, and still it's the most manageable number of the three. So that's kind of how I see it shaking out if they were to bring back all four, which they can afford to do. It will require them to make a lot of moves with current players, but they they can make those moves and they can create that room. Gotcha.
0: Okay, and then, uh, I mean, when it comes to contract restructure, who do you think are some candidates in mind?
3: Yeah, so um, Chris Godwin could be one Um, that's going to be probably the last deal they touch if they choose to touch it. Um, and that's because he's already set, this is the last year of his deal, 2024. And if they let that deal expire at the end of the year, he's going to be an $18 million cap hit, dead cap hit in 2025, just the way it is right now. If they decide to restructure that, that number only goes up in 2025. Now they would be able to avoid it with an extension that may be on the table. I haven't heard anything to that effect, but it's possible. Um, Another one that they could touch, or they probably will, is um, Jamel Dean and then uh, Vita Vea. I think those are the big ones uh, that'll be able to create some extra room for the team.
1: Now, along those same kind of lines, outside of restructuring contracts, who are some just straight-up cut candidates in your mind?
3: Yeah, so there's three. Um, You got Ryan Jensen, technically not a cut. It's the retirement. The way they were jensen and the bucks worked on this after he went on ir last year like during training camp where they restructured his deal to basically make it where they'll process his paperwork his retirement paperwork after june 1st and the team will actually save like uh, i think it's one to two million dollars It's a small amount but it's not nothing right It's like, yeah. i think it's <laughs> 1.2 million um, but they'll have to carry his current cap hit all the way through June 1st. And then once they process on June 2nd, they'll get that savings. That savings will basically be applied to their rookie class that they'll need to sign. And they won't have to sign them till after June 1st. Um, and that savings will also go to in-season moves next year. Because no team takes their salary cap right to the brim with just all the deals that they have in the off-season. You have to have some money to work in during the season when guys get hurt and you got to sign other guys and pull guys off the practice squad when they make more of the money that way. Um, Shaq Barrett, I do foresee him being a, a cut and they'll, they'll do his as a post June 1st designation. Um, what will end up happening is in the CBA, they allow two contracts to be done this way where they'll cut him early in the season or in the off season, probably the first day of the off season they'll designate it as a post-June 1st cut. And they do it so the player has an opportunity to sign with someone else while there's still money to spend. But they have to, again, just like Jensen, carry that cap hit all the way to June 1st is normal cap hit, which I think is like $14 million. Then on June 2nd, they'll get the savings, which is about $5 million. So it'll go as a $9 million dead cap hit for this year, save $5 million off of what they were having to pay the salary cap charge for when he was on the roster, And then there will be dead cap in 2025. And then the other obvious one is Russell Gage. Um, They they can just do a straight cut. They don't need any post-June 1st designations there. And they'll be able to save $6.5 million. The the last one is, um, it's kind of up in the air. And I honestly think it could be more of a trade. They very well could keep this guy. I think there's going to be a trade market for him. Um, but at worst, they could cut him and save some money, and that would be Carlton Davis. So um, a trade or a cut of Davis as he's entering the last year of his deal uh, would save the the team $6 million. And for his inconsistent play and the injury concerns and everything like that, there will be a market for him for a trade. Um, I just wrote about it for a Pewter report yesterday or the day before, Um Most likely it'd be like a a high fourth round, early fourth rounder or a late third rounder. Um, The precedent was kind of created last year. Rasul Douglas, the Packers were able to trade him right at the trade deadline to the Bills. They got a third rounder for him. Douglas had a smaller contract, probably not seen quite as good of a corner as Carlton. So that keeps the trade compensation pretty much the same because you'd have to pay, the acquiring team would pay Carlton more. But he's considered a better corner. So it kind of all washes out.
2: Wow. That's that's interesting. I did not I did not uh I didn't think about Carlton Davis for sure. Um for those listening, definitely check out that article. Um that sounds like a cool read. Um Yeah, it
3: it's one where they can yeah, you know, they can go either way, but Zion McCollum played more snaps than Carlton and Jamal Dean last year right? Zion was pretty solid throughout the year. I mean, he had some bad games, but he had some very good games. He was obviously a huge jump from year one. Year one, he was all but unplayable on defense, right? Mm -hmm. So huge jump from year one to year two, supremely athletic guy. He's shown that he can learn, you know, the defense and he can play fairly well in it. So the Bucs could decide, you know, we could use that $6.5 million to get an interior offensive lineman, right? And then this is a pretty good draft class for corner depth. And you're not looking for a starter. You're going to move Zion into the starting role. So now you're looking for a depth depth guy at corner. It could make sense for the team.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting thing to think about. But taking a, a bigger picture look at the any of the division rivals, what are their salary cap situations? Do you kind of see any of them making any unexpected big moves this offseason?
3: Well, we'll start with the Saints. And I I anytime I start with the Saints salary cap, I just like to pause <laughs> for a second for laughter. There it is. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so the, the Saints are $83 million over the cap as it stands right at this moment. Um, the way they structure their contracts, they have quite a few players where they can do restructures to get themselves cap compliant. Um, I was looking through it earlier today. Six, nine. Well, it's about 14 players that they can do max restructures for and it would free up not only enough to make them cap compliant, but give them about $19 million in, in actual space. Now, keep in mind, they've got to sign their rookie class. They've got to have in-season moves. So you're looking at probably another $9 million off of that. So that leaves them with about $10 million. Michael Thomas will most likely be a post-June 1st cut for them but they only save three and a half million on him so doesn't leave them a ton of money for splash plays what the saints are very good at doing though is waiting till the summer and looking for late cuts from other teams guys who just didn't find their market in the first and second waves of free agency and then they get those guys on typically value contracts so they're probably going to lose a few players like they always do like mid-level players for them And they'll replace those with mid-level players on friendlier deals late in the offseason. Gotcha. Then, um, So then you've got the Panthers. They've got some room. They've got about $27 million in cap space right now. They're probably going to have to use almost all of that on Brian Burns because it doesn't look like the two sides are very close on a long-term extension. They're not going to let Burns go. That'll probably be... uh, They'll franchise tag him. That's twenty million dollars for a defensive end. Um, they may get some savings if they're able to call him an outside linebacker, because the CBA doesn't do kindly to outside linebackers when it comes to those designations. Um, and they've got some restructure candidates. I think they could probably open up somewhere around twenty-five million dollars in effective space. They're going to have to use some of that on Frankie Louvu and C.J. Henderson, who I think they'll probably go and resign but they could grab a couple of free agents. I don't see them playing at the top of the market, um, but they could find some value and it's a decent free agent class overall. So um, they'll probably look to add some wide receivers since you know they don't have a lot of those right now. <laughs> and most, most of the ones who didn't perform for them last year are gonna be free agents. Um, Atlanta's the interesting one. They've got $25 million in room Right now, and they could open up another 45 million pretty easily without cutting anybody. Whew. They only have wow. two pending free agents who I think are like big names, and neither of them are necessarily going to cost a ton of money Calais Campbell <coughs> and Cordarell Patterson. So if you see some big splash plays from the NFC South outside of just re signing their own guys, it's probably going to come out of Atlanta, um, especially because you've got you know, a new head coach and Raheem Morris. Uh, They've got to find a a quarterback. I sneakily think that this is, you know, if they don't trade for Justin Fields, which I I really think that's more going to be like a Steelers move. um, This could be a a low key landing spot for Kirk Cousins. I like that. They need a quarterback. They had a good defense last year. They've got a solid line and they've got playmakers. So you add Kirk Cousins to Atlanta, and Bucks fans will hate me for saying this. <laughs> I could see them becoming the the odds-on favorite in the NFC South.
1: I I agree with you 100. I think Kirk Cousins is one of the more underrated uh, quarterbacks in the it, not in the whole league, but one of the most underrated like veteran quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. I think he gets kind of crapped on in Minnesota, and I, I, as a Bucks fan, I'd hate to see him in Atlanta because I think he would be a very close second best quarterback in the division.
3: Oh, I'd put him number one.
1: No, nope, I'm not putting anyone over Baker. <laughs> oh, You're always I, I'm not I,
3: putting anyone I am, over Baker. <laughs> I'm pro the Bucks re-signing Baker. I think he did a great job of re-establishing his value. Uh, there's no way Baker's above Kirk. I mean, unless it's like right this day on this calendar, because Kirk's only on one stick at the moment.
1: Well, hey, you know but- what? I'll take what I can get. <laughs> <laughs> But I I do agree with you. I think Kirk has a a better resume and overall is probably a better quarterback than Baker. Um, Previously, it would be interesting this year to see those two battle it out twice a year and, and see how it plays out. So I would, as much as i hate it as a Bucs fan, I I think that that would do Atlanta good. And I think that it'd be interesting to see him in our division.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would definitely raise the level of competition. Um, So, and, and, it would take the nfc south out of necessarily being like the laughing stock of the league.
1: Yeah. So 100%.
3: So, so um but yeah, that's kind of where the the south stacks up. I think the saints are continuing their slide backwards. Um, Carolina is going to be a couple years away, especially with the uh, missing the first round pick this year and uh but Atlanta has set themselves up for some success if they can get uh, a competent play caller or uh, quarterback.
0: Okay. Josh, I'm just going to be honest with you man. This is music to my ears. This is something I've always kind of lacked knowledge in. So I mean, I love to hear this and just for our listeners cuz I'm also wanting to know as well is, you know, what are some kind of big misconceptions people have about the cap and what do you think, you know, people need to know?
3: Well, that's a good question. Um, I think a lot of it just comes down to like Actually, this is a big one, and it surrounds Mike Evans. Mike Evans is an amazing human being, and I don't want to take anything away from him. But um, there is this misconception around Mike Evans that every time he restructured his deal, he was giving away money <laughs> to help the team bring in guys. All right, and that couldn't be further from the truth. When when teams restructure deals, all they're doing is giving money to the players earlier. And from an accounting standpoint, they're spreading that money out over multiple years. So uh, Mike, again, Mike's a fantastic human being. I don't want to take anything away from him, <laughs> and what he means to Tampa Bay and the fans. But when you hear of guys restructuring their deals, um, it does not mean that they're taking less money. Their salary cap hit for that particular year goes down. But really, they love it because they get it's it's basically like a payday advance like here's your 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 paycheck we're just going to give it to you on monday instead of friday and then the way we're going to account for it is we're going to take it off of the sales on monday tuesday wednesday thursday and friday so i think that's probably the biggest misconception that's that's an
1: interesting way to look at it because i've I've always like i kind of assume you people like oh he's he's a team-friendly player he's always taking restructures and then to to hear it like that, I'm like, oh well, I mean, I bet he's a good guy still, but man, I like
3: Yeah. And I appreciate you, but yeah, the one thing with Evans though, like and this to his credit, where you have a lot of other guys who played at such a high level, they would have a, a year or two left on their deals and they would want to, especially as the wide receiver market ballooned. There, there were other receivers who were like, okay, I want a new deal to reflect the new valuation of my position. And Evans never really did that until this past off season when he wanted an extension, not a new deal, but an extension on the one he had. So in a way he, he for the opportunity to get more money through yeah. demanding a new deal. But in terms of the actual restructures, nah, that, that, that one's kind of a myth.
1: I dig it. Um, uh, kind of back to, like, team needs, I guess we could say. Um, we kind of talked about free agency. What is your, in your opinion, the biggest need on draft day?
3: Well, a lot of that will depend on the free, you know, what the Bucks do in free agency. Yeah. I think it's better to kind of look at what are the positions of need and then how could they address them, right? So starting on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to assume Mike and Baker are back, right? Um, I foresee the Bucks looking at interior offensive line. Um, I could see them adding one interior offensive lineman early in the draft, and then one on a res- you know a mid-tier vet, uh, free agent. Um, one that actually just popped up today, right? It was Brian Allen got released by the Rams? Um, good center, uh, pretty pretty good center. He's had some injury concerns, and if I'm the Bucks, that's like the perfect position to take a flyer on an injury concern because you have Robert Hainsey who's proven to be an adequate center but an upgradable <laughs> one, right? Yeah. So you bring in a guy whose talent exceeds Hainsey's, and if he gets injured, okay, well, we know we've got a pretty high floor in his backup with Hainsey. I mean, he just proved it two years in a row backing up Jensen and Jensen not being able to play. So I think that that's a really interesting one. Um, And I do think that it would be more likely that they go free agent for center over guard, because if you put a, uh, if you put a rookie in at center, now you've got Luke Gedeke in his second year at right tackle, Cody Malk in his second year period, and then you've got a rookie center, right? That's a lot of youth on one side of the line. Whereas if you put a free agent in at center and a rookie in at left guard, the rookie at left guard's got Tristan to help him out. He's got a veteran on the other side. You can kind of bring him along a little bit easier. And then um, you got that veteran kind of helping the right side of the line. So I kind of see that. I could see the Bucs trying to find um, a tight end to pair with Kate Auten. Uh, Auten did a good job of kind of solidifying himself as a solid starter last year. Still a lot of blocking issues, but as, in terms of a pass catcher, he's, he's, I would say top 20 easy, right? Maybe even top 15 in the league. He's not an explosive playmaker, but he's a solid option that you can make a part of your passing attack. Um And I would see, I would think the bucks are probably going to try and, Upgrade their wide receiver three position through addition. And what I mean by that, and I'm a huge Trey Palmer dude, right? Like, I I think I'm the, the funniest thing is is like Palmer showed out in training camp, everybody was on the bus, and I was like, pump the brakes, he's a six-rounder, <laughs> right? And then and because people were like, This guy's gonna, he's better than Russell Gage. And I'm like, slow your roll, all right. Like this just stop it then. You know, he gets into the mid midway part of the season and the stats aren't there. The counting stats aren't there because the ball's just going to Mike and it's going to Chris and it's going to Mike and it's going to Chris. Everybody's like, well, this guy's a bob," And I'm like, no, this guy's actually a hell of a lot better. And I can <laughs> being a quality wide receiver three and moving into a quality wide receiver two down the line. But you don't want to necessarily, if you're the Bucks, you don't necessarily want to just count on that and, and put them in there, you know, write them in with pen give him somebody to, to earn that position from. Right. And so whether that's a free agent, it's a solid free agent class for wide receiver, it's a deep wide receiver class for draft. So there are tons of options for the bucks to upgrade the room and specifically that wide receiver three spot, whether that be Trey beating out whoever they bring in or whoever they bring in, beating out Trey. And now your one through four is Mike, Chris, whoever wins that wide receiver three battle, and then whoever loses that wide receiver three battle. It also helps with attrition. If Mike's 31 years old, those yeah. nagging injuries could become things where he misses time. And now you've got a more depth to help um, cover for that on the defensive side of the ball. Linebacker is a huge question mark, right? Cause Devin's not going to be back. Um, and Levante could potentially retire. KJ showed out late in the season. I'm excited to see what he could provide, you know, in year two as a starter. Um, but you still got to put somebody next to him, probably somebody who's a little bit more athletically gifted. And then, of course, everybody uh, was hugely upset with the safety play next to Antoine Winfield Jr. last year. Uh, I was hu- I was high on the Ryan Neal signing. I thought no, it was so was, yeah, was, was Key okay, one of the best signings of the year, and yeah. uh, my boy let me down. Hard. Um, Hard. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be back. Um, there are some really quality safeties who could hit the market. Um, two moves that I would love to see, um, not necessarily – well, definitely not together, but yeah, I think bringing Jordan Whitehead back to pair with Antoine would be really cool. Um, and then in the draft, a guy – he'd be more of like a late day two, early day three guy – uh, that I've really enjoyed watching at the Senior Bowl was Bo Braid, out of Maryland. Um, really enjoyed his tape. Really enjoyed what he showed at the Senior Bowl. Uh, he's a great interview. I got to talk to him for a few minutes. So um, that would be a guy I'd love for the Bucks to kind of target somewhere between round three and round five.
1: I got a I got a corner or I got a safety out of Oregon State going to us in in my mock draft.
3: Oladapo. Um, Oladapo. Yeah, he had he had a really good Senior Bowl. So, yeah.
1: So, I'm an Oregon State fan. <laughs> I okay. Know crazy. Um, I'm an Oregon State fan, and I've got to watch his whole career kind of play out. And I think that he, he's an older guy uh, coming out of the draft. But he's he is – I think him next to Winfield would be impressive,
0: to say the least. Yeah,
3: I could see it. And congratulations on having a 50% chance of winning – think
0: the, hey, the Pack Two is gonna be
2: dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we got the Pack Twelve or the, the Pack Two agenda now coming out of Zach Lane. He's always he's always advocating. Hey,
3: okay. I'm uh, looking forward to you guys inviting my Bulls. USF's gonna be joining. Hey, we'll yes,
2: take, sir. Go bulls. We'll take bulls. yeah. Indeed, yes, sir. Mushaf, you're a bull too, right? I'm definitely a bull. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm Yeah. Our producer's yep. a bull. Hell yeah, go Bulls! That the basketball this is out, right?
3: instantly my second favorite podcast. <laughs>
2: oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, but, anyways, after all the the dust has settled this off season, like kind of a kind of a way in the future, obviously because it's still only freaking February. Good gracious, um, what what would you what would you look at the off season? What would have what would they have to do for this off to be a success in your eyes after the offseason kind of dust has settled?
3: Um I think they need to really address their pass rush. Um finding an edge rusher to kind of be that alpha guy. Absolutely. I think that that would be a huge win because they're not in a great position to do it in either form, right? So free agency elite edge rushers and there are a few that could potentially hit the market, but they are very expensive, $20 million or more. If you go that route, you're probably not bringing back one of Baker or Mike. All right, and then in the draft, there are some guys I like at the back end of the first round. Um, I'm a huge Darius Robinson guy out of Missouri, um, but he's projectable, right? Like that. It's definitely betting on a lot of traits, not a ton of production. He's he's not like a surefire first rounder, um, and, and there are really only Two guys from my draft prep so far that I would think are that guy, and they're going to go top fifteen. That's Dallas Turner out of Alabama and Jared Verse out of Florida State. I, I know a lot of people are big on Two and big on Chop. That I like them, but they're not guaranteed to, you know, necessarily be alphas. So, and the Bucks don't have that. JTS isn't that. I, I know people love Yaya's rookie season, but half of his sacks were schemed up. Mm-hmm. So, his actual one-on-one win, win rate wasn't that fantastic. Sure, he's going to get better in year two, but I just don't see that kind of ceiling for him. I love Marquise Watts, and maybe they give him some run, but he's more of a situational pass rusher. And, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Um, Anthony Nelson is definitely not that guy. So, And without that, for what the Bucs try to do, you know, it's it's very boomer bust on their pass rush and then that makes things rough on the back end. So if they can find a way to create a much better four man pass rush where bulls can blitz because it's advantageous, not just because you got he it. has to, yeah, right, then that's gonna be a successful offseason in my opinion.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. The pass rush is a, is a huge, huge emphasis for me as well. Cool. So Josh, uh, what's your Buccaneers story?
0: How did you end up a Buccaneers fan?
3: So I've had to put my fandom on hold. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. I did grow, I did grow up a Bucks fan. I've, I've never been shy about admitting that, but um, when I entered the media space uh, working for Peter report, it's my, my job to be objective and it's hard to be objective as a fan so um and, and that's bit me in the ass online from sometimes <laughs> jc cornell came for my neck against the, <laughs> the eagles last year um and, uh, respect to jc we, we squashed it and everything like that so but i did grow up a bucks man i grew up in tampa bay so i became a bucks man right around what, 95 96 brooks still sap barber all of them coming on when the when that mid nineties, early two thousands team really became, um, you know, a terror of the NFC. Um, you know, and then I entered the media space a couple years ago, uh, writing for pewter report, um, just cause they didn't have anybody at the time who kind of understood the, the, CBA contracts, uh, um, salary cap and stuff like that. And, and as I was, was kind of telling you guys right before we went on, you know, I'm the type of nerd who reads the CBA for fun. So, <laughs> Uh, so it gave me a unique perspective and, and John Ledyard and Scott Reynolds were very gracious in giving me a shot because I had never worked in the media before. Um, and, uh, and it's been a wild ride. Today actually marks exactly two years since my first article went out.
2: Well, uh, so I yeah. uh, appreciate awesome.
3: it. Thank That's you.
2: So uh, what's the um, what's the coolest or slickest salary cap move? Because you said you've had two years on the job. There's got to be some kind of interesting moves that you're like, ooh, how'd they pull that one off? And what's the coolest one that you've seen?
3: Yeah, so I'm a huge fan of Mike Greenberg, right? The the Bucks uh, capologist, assistant GM. Um, So 2023, so last year or 2022, sorry, two years ago. Um, when they were bringing everybody back, right? And then they were also adding a few few other players. Um, he did something with both, I want to say it was Akeem Hicks and Julio Jones, where he purposely violated a rule in the CBA. And there's a specific way they handle it when you violate the rule in which they prorate part of the salary that normally wouldn't have been prorated. And he did it on purpose in order to get the proration to lower their salary cap hit for that year to help get them under the, the cap. So to bring in two veteran guys, I know they didn't end up performing up to you know what their peaks were, but to bring in two veteran guys who had a long history of success in the NFL on reasonable deals and then to pull that trick off, it was the 50% rule, of, I won't get into it, it's a lot of jargon, but, um, but to purposefully manipulate it, in order to get a better structure on the contract for that year, I thought was, was a masterclass. And it shows you when it comes to stuff like this, there's a certain amount of creativity that can really help a team out. And Greenberg's got it in spades.
2: Wow. Hey, well, there you go. That's uh, that's kind of like when, think it was bill belichick they would be at like the 50 or the 45 yard line and they'd take delays of games to like keep the clock running yeah and keep the clock exactly that's that's definitely an interesting little uh i don't know loophole i guess you could call it um he loved it
3: when he was doing it but he hated it when vrabel did it to him (laughs) right right (laughs) right
2: yeah that's a that's a cool little highlight for sure um, so yeah, it's cool to see that the front office does it too. Um, so Josh, I know, I know we're, we're about to, we're about to let you go and we want to be respectful of your time. So before you go though, I, I want to give you an opportunity to plug anything, any upcoming projects or articles that you got coming out that you want to share. Um, this is kind of your time to, to plug whatever you'd like.
3: Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, so in the near future, uh, one of our annual traditions at Pewter Report, we do our battle plans, which is kind of like we put ourselves in the GM chair and we say, this is how we would kind of handle the off season, um, so I, it's one of the my favorite things to do year round. I look forward to it. So be on the lookout for that. You'll get one, a battle plan from each of us on staff at Pewter Report. Um, we did just do our uh, so a side project that I've done outside of the Buck Space. I did do the uh, we did a top one hundred and five uh, free agent contract projections for A to Z Sports uh, in honor of the hundred and fifth year of the NFL. So that's why we did 105. Um, that was me and Kyle. I can never pronounce this. He's got so many letters in his last name. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Cantan- Cantanino. I think I pronounced it correctly. He's going to kill me if I didn't. Um, and then other than that, I'm trying to uh, work through draft prep. And uh, my goal this year is to do a draft board of 210 players. Um, And so I will put that out on Pewter Report probably the day before the draft because I'll be studying right up to that day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, sort of some uh, last-minute, what they used to call it in college, Um, not grinding, but like – cramming.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I, well, we really appreciate you coming on and we'll definitely be on the lookout for all that stuff. That all sounds awesome. Um, and uh, like I said, just really appreciate having you on and um, have a great rest of your night, man.
3: Anytime, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely.
2: All right. So that was our interview with Joshua Cuepo. Um, Man, he knows his stuff. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I was going right. in, I was like, I don't know a, a dang thing. I pretend to know things about the cat, but <laughs> in reality, you know, <laughs> yeah, I listened to him talk and then I was like, wow, I, I don't know anything. Like, no. um, so that was really cool to hear him go into detail about the various aspects of it because my goodness, it's complicated. Um, what 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 were your thoughts on it? Um, we saw, we'll start with you, man. How what do you think about that interview?
0: Man, I thought I just took a crash course, man. It was, it was amazing, <laughs> right. honestly. And, you know, I, I've mentioned it so many times in the past. I've never been a cap space kind of guy or whatever. So, uh, yeah, this was amazing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was like uh, one of those John Green videos. I don't know if y'all ever... Watch those for your AP courses in high school or whatever. But
1: um, AP courses, who do you think you're on a show with, brother? Well, I don't know. Hey, well,
2: I mean, I took AP, but I don't remember John Green. Uh, we're oh, fair- yeah, I, mean,
1: I took AP too. I just didn't want to embarrass anybody. That was <laughs> for sure. <laughs> what for sure. I meant?
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How, how about you, Zach? Man, what do you think of this crap? Uh,
1: well, for those of us that didn't take AP classes, <laughs> it was nice to him to kind of. Um, I'm sure that there's other words for it, but I'm going to use dumb it down because I have never been one to completely understand the, uh, the CBA and and the cap space stuff, but for him to sort of dumb it down and make me feel like I knew what I was talking about. I appreciate him for that. (laughs) If, If you take anything away from it, just, just take that for sure.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was a great, great interview. Um, like we like we mentioned, while after he left, we were kind of talking to him a little bit. He's going to we'll have to have him back on on the show after the sure, all sure. the offseason dealings have kind of happened because that's sure. going to be a great, great show as well. Because, you know, kind of a, a retrospective, what went right, what went wrong kind of thing. Um, so if you're looking forward to that, definitely hit that like and subscribe button. We'll have that for you later on in the offseason. Um, also, give us a follow at social media at RBLR Sports. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We've got some really great shows about the Rays, Lightning, and Rowdies. Um, So definitely check us out there as well. Um, But for now, we really appreciate y'all tuning in. We'll have another show for you next week. Um, And as always, go Bucks! Bucks.
0: Thank you for tuning into this presentation by RBLR Sports. On your way out of the stadium, please remember to like and subscribe.